Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. Thursday it is. Happy Thursday, one and all. This is the Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Great to have you here. If you'd like to be part of the program, you can call us at 702-647-4522 or email us at radio at experienceliberty.com. All right. I just want to let you all know that it is a great day. First of all, if you are in Las Vegas, it finally feels like fall outside, which makes it a great day. It's also a great day to be an American. It is a great day because on Tuesday, millions of Americans voted in an election. And that is such an incredible privilege. And whether you liked the outcome or not, if you voted, you participated in a historic event and what should be a peaceful transition of power. I mean, I think collectively we need to take a step back from the emotions for just a moment and marvel at what we did this week. Look at what happened in our country. We had a peaceful Election. There were no terrorist threats. The military didn't try to take over our country. There wasn't a coup. There wasn't a revolt. There was a peaceful election, and we chose. We, the people. This is what our founders fought a revolution for. This is what our country was founded upon. The idea that we get representation and that we get to pick pick the people that represent us, that all American voices will be heard. And that is what we've done. You know, and now we have we have protests in in major cities all across the United States. I mean, uh, in L.A., um, protesters burned a giant paper mache Trump head. In Oakland, intersections they they built fires. Uh, Kansas City, they're protesting. Um, and in New York City, they were they shut down Fifth Avenue and the Avenue of the Americas and. Uh, it's just, this is not appropriate. We have this in Chicago, and it's City Hall, in Boston, and outside the White House. People burning things, people burning the American flag, people burning images of Trump. Look, Donald Trump was never my favorite candidate, but Donald Trump is who the American people have chosen. This is how we elect a president. And setting things on fire and looting and protesting like this isn't going to change the fact that he is the president. Neither is it going to change the fact that what we did on Tuesday is amazing in the history of the world, deserves our respect, regardless of whether or not you like the outcome. I didn't didn't vote for President Obama either. In 08 or in 12. But you know what? He was my president. Can I disagree with him? Yes. Do I disagree with him? Most of the time. But he's still my president. And I didn't 
burn things or throw a hissy fit because he went, now, did I cry? Yeah, I sure did. I cried after both of those elections. But not because, I mean, I cried because of the direction that I thought that our country was going to go because he was elected. Not because I thought he was an evil man, necessarily. I disagree with his policies. But I truly believe that deep down, Barack Obama wants what is best for this country. But what he sees as being best for this country is just completely different than what I see as being best for this country. And what you think Donald Trump thinks is as being best for this country may be completely different than what you think. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't actually want what's best for this country and that he won't work to do what he believes is best for this country. Again, you may not agree with it. You may not think as he thinks. But that does not mean that the process in and of itself is flawed. That doesn't mean that, uh, that, that, that we should be burning things and lighting things on fire. That's not how America works. So maybe instead of protesting and, and throwing a little fit... Maybe maybe we should list five things or ten things just that we love about this country, regardless of who's president. Because, by the way, right now, Barack Obama is still president, which is kind of funny that we're having these huge protests outside the White House when it's currently the Obama's house. I mean, it's the people's house, but you know what I'm saying. So here's five things that I love about America, no matter who it's, gets elected. And you know what? I would have said this exact same thing if Hillary Clinton had won the election. We still would have made history. Our process still would have worked. It would still be essential that we respect the office of the president, even if we disagree with their policies. I mean, the Bible calls we as Christians to, to respect and honor those that are in authority, to pray for those that God has placed over us. But here's five things that I love about America. You ready? First one is that we have freedom. I don't know how to get this generation, particularly of millennials, to understand that freedom is something that we take for granted and we shouldn't because men and women have fought and died for us to have this freedom. From before 1776 all the way to 2016, and it's going to keep going, American blood has been spilled so that you can be free. You can, you know what? You have the freedom to go burn a flag if you want to. I think it's stupid. But men and women died for your rights in this country. It's about time we start being grateful. It's about time that we start looking around the world and saying, Oh my goodness, look how blessed we are. Look what God has given to the United States. And then we use that good to be a blessing to others both here in our own country and around the world. So that's what I love about America. Number one, that we have freedom, that we have freedom of religion. We don't have to build an underground bunker and sneak there to worship in the way that we choose. No, we have freedom to worship God as we believe the Bible teaches. We have freedom of the press. Now, Well, I won't go there. We have freedom of the press. We have freedom to assemble. We have freedom in this country. That's the number one thing that I love about America. And and that would still be the same, no matter who had won the presidency. And it's still the same for you, regardless of if you like Donald Trump or not. 
Number two, second thing that I love about this country is the reason that we have this freedom, and I just mentioned them. It's our military. You know, tomorrow we celebrate Veterans Day. I hope that when you pass a veteran in the airport, in the grocery store, on the, the gas station, wherever you are, I hope that you thank them. Because they sacrifice for you, their family sacrifice for you, and we have the strongest, most amazing, most incredible military in the entire world. I mean, just Google, there's a, there's a diagram of our Navy versus the entire rest of the world's navies put together, and you will be blown away at what we have in this country compared to the rest of the world. So that's the second thing that I love about America. That's the second thing I'm grateful for. Number three is our churches. Look, our country, and you can choose to believe this or not believe this, but the fact of the matter is we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles found in the Bible. And while we, I would say, have seen a decline in fundamentalism and even in evangelicalism in the United States in the past hundred years or so, we are still a nation where, hypothetically, you can find a church on any corner in this country. And most likely, you can find a church near you that preaches the gospel. There are a lot of places in this world where that's not a possibility. And if you're sick, there's more likely than not, you can find a very good church that you can stream on Wi-Fi that you can still hear the gospel you can, get, you can get sermons on iTunes, SoundCloud. You, the depth of the riches of, of, of Christian educational materials in this country are incredible. The organizations that we have based here, like Focus on the Family, like the Colson Center, like, like, like Pensacola Christian College or Bob Jones University, I mean, it is amazing what the church has in America. That's the third thing that I love about this country. And these are all things, I made a list, these are all things that no matter who was president right now or who had one on Tuesday, these are things that I love about this country. And I think this is something that we should all do. Number four, I, I love the fact that our country is so div- diverse. I mean, we are literally a melting pot and it's the best. It's so cool. And number five, thing that I love about Fifth thing that I love about America, baseball. It's an American pastime. Just kidding. I could care less about baseball. Actually, I probably couldn't care less because I already care so much. I don't care. Um, but just the fact that it's an American pastime. So I thought I would throw it in there. But anyway, I, I I'm still surprised... By the outcome of this whole thing. Honestly, I woke up this morning as I was in that period of of grogginess between those minutes of, I know my alarm is going to go off soon. I really hope that it doesn't, but I know that it's going to. Should I get up? No, I'm going to wait because it hasn't gone off yet. What if I forgot to set it? No, that's not possible. It's always set. You know, th- those few minutes of where your brain is just like starting to come back from, from being asleep and you're starting to be able to formulate the thoughts. And I'm waking up, and as I'm waking up, what I'm thinking is, all right, all right, Trump won the primary on Tuesday now. We'll see if he wins the election. That would be amazing if he did. And as I'm waking up, I'm like, no, wait, he, he won, right? That was We already did that. Did he get elected or 
do we still have to do? And I was like, no, he, he, Trump won. And I was like, oh my word, Trump won. Like, I'm, I'm still surprised. And I get it. It's going to take some time for everyone to adjust to this, but I just think no matter what your thoughts are, and again, I, I, I have never been a, a huge Trump proponent, I, but I never wanted Hillary Clinton to be elected. Uh, not because she's a Democrat, but because I believe that she belongs in prison, quite frankly. Uh, any one of our military men and women who had done one iota of what she did would be in prison. So I think it's a double standard, and I don't think that it is right. But anyway, uh, so Trump has won. So here's what I want to do in uh, in today's show. We're going to take a break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about... Um, we'll talk about... A little bit more about the responses that I've been seeing as a result of this election. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the protesting and things that are going on. We'll talk about my top five priorities for the GOP now that they control the White House, the Senate, uh, and the House of Representatives. We will talk about uh, what has made America different. And then we'll see how much time we have. We may get into uh, my my thinking for why... Uh, why Trump was able to win, why Hillary Clinton lost, and then we'll talk about where we go from here. What next? So a lot, a lot to come up yet on today's show. Now, I have been asked on an almost daily basis by a certain uh, friend of mine when I am going to start playing Christmas music on this station. The Christmas music officially begins... On November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, that is when we will go to all Christmas all the time. Uh, I will be out of the studio those few days around Thanksgiving. And then when we come back after Thanksgiving, my show for the month of the the last few days of December there after Thanksgiving and through the month of December, it will not be news related. We won't be talking about issues like I usually do. Instead, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a Christmas call-in hour. So I'll be here. Uh, You're going to be able to call in on our number, request a Christmas song or share a Christmas story or something like that. Um, And then I will play those songs for you in the mornings during your drive time in in December, uh, as well as during the rebroadcast of our show then in the evenings. You won't be able to obviously to call in live then though because it will no longer be live at that point but uh so that is when we change over to christmas music all the time it's november 23rd i'm excited about that i love christmas music but i I had a couple people ask me well can you just start to work it in a little bit can you throw a couple christmas songs in the rotation until then so i said okay I will do that because I love Christmas music, and since it has been officially requested, we can make that happen. So, to start us off today, we're going to have Hark the Herald Angels Sing by Wren Collective. We'll be back in just a minute to continue with the show. So, don't go away. And welcome back. That was Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Have to get some Christmas music into the rotation. I know some of you are like, no, but Thanksgiving. You have to love Thanksgiving. I do love Thanksgiving. I, You have no idea how much I love Thanksgiving. I could tell you and try to help you understand, but Thanksgiving is is my second favorite holiday of the entire year. Christmas is first. Thanksgiving is second. And there are a myriad of reasons for this, not the least of which is that I have, uh, there are two birthdays in my family that always fall around Thanksgiving. 
and uh, my family's Thanksgiving traditions are are the best. Like that, you can't even begin to compare. So you don't, you don't, you don't. Uh, to say that I don't like Thanksgiving because I play Christmas music on my show is simply false. I mean, I I vote on names for turkeys that get pardoned. I love Thanksgiving. My my sister raised a turkey and wouldn't let my parents slaughter it. This turkey went sledding. For those of you that don't know what sledding is, it's when this snow, which is white, fluffy, um, frozenness that falls from the sky in places that are colder than the desert, snow falls to the ground, and then you take this piece of plastic which has been melded into a vessel for transporting you, and you go to the top of a hill, you sit in the plastic vessel, or lay on it, sometimes stand, really depends, and then you go down the hill on the snow riding this piece of plastic and it's fantastic and if you're really talented you're going to get a red rider and it's going to be metal and you're going to be able to steer it and it's going to be so cool but you you live in the desert probably if you're listening in Las Vegas so you may never have experienced this as a child and for that I am truly sorry but anyway my sister had this turkey the only turkey probably in the history of the world that has ever gone sledding his name well we thought it was a he until he started laying eggs and trying to have a family. And then we learned that George was, in fact, a she. So, um, but she was already named George. So it did, the turkey's name was always George. So we had this turkey named George. My sister loved this turkey. Um, he didn't like, she didn't like any of the rest of us. Like, she would attack me. Um, but she loved my sister, who took care of her and fed her and, and took her sledding. Point being, you... <laughs> Thanksgiving is a huge deal for me, but I don't think that Thanksgiving loses anything by by Christmas music, really, if we're celebrating the right thing. I mean, if Christmas is all about Jesus Christ, which it is, and the thing that I am most thankful for is my salvation because of Jesus' work on the cross, then really playing Christmas music is just an expression of my Thanksgiving, See, I have thought this through right now as as I'm talking to you. (laughs) Okay, let's get back to the good stuff here. Um, all right. So the, the GOP huge potential right now. I had a couple people ask me that yesterday. So what do you think happens? Uh, what, what is actually going to go down? I don't know. Because uh, Mr. Trump has never held any sort of elected office before, we have nothing to look at. There is no record. There is no way really to predict what he may or may not do. All we have to go on is his word and those that he chooses to surround himself with. Now, if he does what he says he will do, and if he surrounds himself with those that he says that he will, I think there is potential for a lot of good to be done in our country in the next uh, two to four years. Now, why would I say two to four? Two years, because in two years, we will again be replenishing uh, Congress. So um, if if Mr. Trump does not accomplish things quickly, I would not be shocked if 
if the GOP were to lose a good number of seats in the House of Representatives uh, and possibly in the Senate in two years because the Senate is on a six-year rotation, so there'll be some senators up in two years as well. So he is going to have to move quickly, I believe, in his first, um, say, 16 months in office if he wants to be productive in the final two years of his term. So here are my my top five priorities, and I believe that these are all uh, doable. They are not beyond their own possibility, and I believe that they could do all five of these things in the first year um, after Mr. Trump is sworn in because we have the GOP, that is, has the House and the Senate. Here we go. Uh, priority number one obviously, is to fill uh, the the opening on the Supreme Court. You get a constitutionalist in there, and that needs to be done quickly. I believe that Mr. Trump can assuage a lot of fears if he picks a solid uh, constitutionalist who is not going to legislate from the bench, and if the Senate confirms that individual fairly quickly. That's That, I believe, is the first priority. Number two, Obamacare needs to be repealed. Now, we could have a debate about if it needs to be replaced and what replace actually means. Does that mean that we... Uh, and uh, the state line boundary so that we open up competition. I believe that it should. Does that mean we make health savings accounts uh, more accessible? I believe that that is what it should mean, too. But either way, Obamacare needs to be officially repealed. It needs to go away forever. It hasn't worked. It's driving people out of business. So one, fill that Supreme Court seat. Two, repeal Obamacare. Make it gone forever. Three, reform the tax code. I really want everyone in America to be able to do their taxes on a postcard. Now, hypothetically, you don't want to write your income on a postcard, put a stamp in it so all your neighbors can see as it sits in your mailbox or wherever else. So, you know, maybe not an actual postcard, but that should be the idea. No one in America should be having to fill out more than one piece of paper, in my opinion. Unless, I mean, businesses are different and... uh, that's not the point. Point being, overall, simplify the tax code. Make it easier. It shouldn't take me, you know, um, days upon days to do my taxes. That's all I'm saying. Number four, we need to deal with immigration. Immigration needs to be reformed. Now, uh, building a wall, I think, is going to be more complicated than most people would have you believe. So I'm not sure that building a wall is actually something that gets done in the first uh, year or two of a Trump presidency. But there are things that we can do to enforce the laws that we already have and begin to reform our immigration policy. And number five, what I would love to see happen is the defunding of Planned Parenthood. Taxpayer dollars should not be funding abortion, period. And I don't care what anyone tells you, Planned Parenthood is not doing mammograms. They are not a women's health service provider primarily. They are primarily, by far, a provider of abortion services and taxpayer dollars should be funding them exactly zero. So those are my five things. Supreme Court, Obamacare, reform the tax code, reform immigration, defund Planned Parenthood. Those are my five things that I believe that the Trump administration needs to do in the first year, year and a half of his presidency. Um, and if he does those things, then I think there is potential for a lot of good uh, in the next uh, four years of a Trump presidency. Now, oh my goodness, we are time just goes so quickly. I have so much more stuff here to talk about. Um, let's see, where do I want to go? All right. Let's talk about this. We need to talk about this. So beyond the protests, which you've probably seen on the news, oh, the Dow, by the way, the markets, it looked at first like people were were panicking. The market on uh, election day and election night was just 
tanking. It was not looking good, but it has rebounded. Uh, It's at a record right now, an intraday record as the market is responding very favorably to what it thinks will be a pro-business environment under a President Trump. So that's kind of exciting to see. Not every day that you see the the market setting records right now. But so uh, there's people protesting the lesser told story, but very much related is uh, the school safe zones that have been triggered as a result of this election. I mean, you literally have schools across this country. We have professors saying that they will delay midterms so that students can deal with the trauma of a Trump victory. At the University of Massachusetts in Lowell, uh, this, this is an actual letter that went out to all the students. It's titled, Post-Election Support. Dear students, we at the Multicultural Affairs Office hope this email reaches you and you are doing okay. We know many of you stayed up waiting to hear of the election results. They sent this out Wednesday morning. These are unprecedented times. The nation as well as our community is reacting in many different ways. We are reaching out to each of you because we know that this was an intense election and we are already hearing a number of reactions, feelings, and emotions. This is a critical time to make sure that you, your friends, classmates, and neighbors are doing okay and seeking the appropriate support, especially if they need a place to process or work through what they are feeling. You may hear or notice reactions both immediate and in the coming weeks, some anticipated and many that may be difficult to articulate or be shared. While it may take some time to fully take in all the recent events, please also know that the OMA office is here for you. Our UMass Lowell community is here for you. Do not hesitate at all to come in or ask for support. Today, this is my favorite part by the way, Today, there is a post-election self-care session from 12 to 4 p.m. in Maloney Hall. The event will include cookies, mandalas, stress reduction techniques, and mindfulness activities. Counseling and health services will also be available. Above all, take good care and know that there is strength in our community that you can lean on. This is a college They are hosting a post-election self-care session, which is four hours long and includes cookies and mindfulness activities. What in the world is a mindfulness activity? I mean, I would probably go grab a cookie, not because uh, I need some self-care, but just because I like cookies. I, I really like chocolate chip cookies. But seriously, this is this is these are college students. All right. Then, if you look at uh, if you look at headlines from from college newspapers across this country, Emory headline: Trump wins presidency in devastating upset. And then it goes on to talk about how devastated the students are. At Stanford, their headline: Campus faces turmoil in wake of Trump victory. At USC, headline: Students rally against election outcome. Because, you know, that's going to probably change it or something. Over at Brown. Brown Daily Herald. Brown Daily Herald. Brown community shaken by Trump win. And then at Columbia University, President Barack Obama's uh, alma mater, Columbia professors are moving to postpone midterms until after students can recover from the tragic loss of this election. 
I, I'm sorry, but this is just ridiculous. And you have people rioting. We're calling for the postponing of midterms. People are freaking out on Facebook. I mean, literally, there are suicidal videos being posted on social media. And, you know, I get it to a point. Like I said, I cried after 8 and 12. But you know what? Especially after 8. I'd been working on a statewide campaign. And we lost. McCain lost. And I lay in bed the morning after the election and I cried. But you know what? I didn't, I didn't film a video or go out and burn things. No, I got up, I brushed myself off, and then I threw everything aside and I moved to Las Vegas. <laughs> no, really, I, I mean, I did, but that wasn't... Anyhow, uh, I got up, I was like, look, I still live in the same country. I still have the same neighbors. And most importantly of all, God is still in control. Now look, you you might think that Donald Trump is a disgusting pig who should never be president. That really doesn't matter at this point because he is president. And because he fills the office of the president, he is worthy of a certain level of respect. Not hero worship, not pretending that everything he's done or has ever done is right or good simply because he's president, but respect because he fills the office of the presidency. That's all. And there, there's, there's no need for this mass uh, fear-mongering. Look, Donald Trump cannot single-handedly deport you. He can enforce laws we have, though. I mean, he can't single-handedly defund Planned Parenthood, but I hope he leads the way there. He, he can't, he can't uh, transform the Supreme Court by himself. The Senate has to approve his nominations, but I, I hope he nominates the best Supreme Court justices we've ever had. But the bottom line is he's just a figurehead. He fills the office. Especially if you wanted or demanded that people respect the Barack Obama because he's the president. Well, guess what? Now it's Trump. Now Donald Trump is the president. Like it or not, it's a different man. Same office. I realized the other day that Donald Trump is about to get in control of the POTUS Twitter account, and that kind of made me laugh. But speaking of Twitter, there's a guy named Matt Barber, and I think he said it the best. He tweeted this out after the election. He said, President Trump will both delight and disappoint us. Either way, he's going to need a lot of prayer. And that's really the bottom line here. So look, go for a walk. Have some ice cream. Breathe for a minute. God is still on his throne. He was on the throne when we woke up yesterday morning, and he's still on his throne today. He isn't surprised by the outcome of the election. He already knows who's going to end up on the Supreme Court and when. And ultimately, he's in charge. He's in control. And after this year's election, would you really want it any other way? Secondly, you're still an American, and this is still America. Take a look around you today. Your family members didn't change because of the election. And this would be the same. Again, this would be the same whether Hillary or Trump had won. Your neighbors and your classmates and your coworkers are still the same people that they were Tuesday morning. You still have running water and electricity and a car and food and Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. America was never great because of who we vote for or how many people vote or who wins the popular vote. And when George Washington became president, only 6% of Americans voted. America has only ever been great because her people have been good. And what is it that made America different 
Why would we think that the American people have been good? Why, what is this concept of American exceptionalism, and how can we even begin to say this? Here's why. It's because this country was founded on principles, principles of freedom and equality found in the Bible. Now, those are those who have tried and will continue to try to invalidate our Christian heritage in America, but it simply cannot be done. The facts are there. So what do we do moving forward? The same thing we would have done if Hillary Clinton was elected. We continue to be good citizens. We continue to serve in our communities. We continue to raise our families in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In short, we, we just do what we have always done. Now, could it be more difficult in some ways? Sure. Could it be easier in other ways? Maybe. But regardless, we must never lose our principles or our convictions. And if we say we love God, then what we will do now is we will live like it. We will love God, we will love our neighbors, and we will pray for our leaders. An election shouldn't determine, and doesn't determine, our our state of mind or our faith. We are not without hope, and we wouldn't be without hope if Hillary had won. Because our hope was never in who won this election. And by the way, this is particularly relevant, I think, for those of us in Nevada, because Nevada, in my opinion, made some very, very poor choices on Tuesday. But our hope isn't in our state officials either. You know, and sometimes I think we have the best possible home anyone could have on this earth. We live in the United States of America in the, in the, uh, in, in 2016, and the United States is the greatest nation on the planet. But we're only going to be here for a short time. In actuality, this world is not our home. We'll live here for 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years even. Hopefully, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully long enough to pay off our mortgage, meet our grandchildren, and see the Cubs win the World Series. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. But then it's over. Then we leave this world and we enter eternity. Eternity. Not 70 or 90 years. Forever. You know, here, here we, have, we have elections and you align yourself with a political party in this country. Most of us are going to pick one side or the other. Well, when you die, there's only two options. There's no third party candidacy. There are two choices. You're either on God's side or, or you're not. You don't get a redo in two years or four years if you get it wrong. You can't uh, try to try to make up for it or vote again or change your party affiliation at the polling place. No, when you get there, when you stand before God, that's it. There's no do-overs or what-ifs or, or maybe perhaps. But there's really good news in that statement, too. Yes, you have to choose. But if you choose right, then you have eternal hope that cannot even begin to be comprehended when, in comparison with the, with a temporary political gain on, in this country. Because, again, our hope isn't Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Your voting record doesn't get you into heaven. Praise God for that. Your charitable giving won't do it. Your church membership won't get you a free pass either. Now, the Bible says that we're all sinners, that we've all done wrong, and that God is holy and righteous, and one day we're going to die. And we're going to stand before God to be judged. And that sin that's in our life, it separates us from God and it's going to keep us from heaven. Sin can't get to heaven. It has to be dealt with. You deserve hell because of your sin. But 
God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to this earth as God in human flesh. Jesus came here. He died on the cross in your place to pay for your sins. And three days after he died, Jesus rose from the dead. He was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses at one time. 500 eyewitnesses. And after he rose from the dead, Jesus went back to heaven where he now reigns as the one true God. And he's just waiting for you to call upon him. So you have two choices. You can either not accept the gift of Jesus' death on the cross for you, and you, you can keep your sin, and you can go to hell with it when you die. Or you can accept what Jesus did, and you can let Jesus take the punishment for your sin. And you can know that you are going to heaven because of what Jesus did. Jesus came to die so that you wouldn't have to. You, you don't have to pay for your sins. Jesus did, but you have to accept that gift from him. The Bible says that it's not by works of righteousness that we do that get us to heaven, but because of what he did. And all we have to do is call upon him, admit we're sinners, and ask him for eternal life. Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13 says, If you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never called upon Jesus, if you've never asked Jesus to save you, I encourage you to do that today. Make that decision today. It's way more important than the decision that you made on Tuesday. Choose Jesus today, and you can do that by praying this simple prayer. You can say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I know that you are God. I know that because of my sin, I deserve to go to hell, but you died to pay for my sin. And I believe that you died, that you were buried, and that you rose from the dead, proving that you are God. And right now, in the best way that I know how, I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior, and my God. I ask you to save me, forgive me of my sin, and take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Help me now to live for you. Amen. And if you just called upon Jesus by praying that prayer, if you just chose Jesus, then you've become a child of God. Your sins are taken care of, and you are on your way to heaven. We'd love to hear about your decision and help you in any way that we can. You can call us at 702-647-4522 or email us at radio at experienceliberty.com. Or if you'd like to get in touch with me, uh, you can also do that at the phone number or that email address comes to me. Uh, or you can find me over on Twitter at the Friddle. Uh, that's a that's a fun way to, to get in touch with me uh, there. Um, okay, so we, uh, oh, what do I want to do? We're running out of time. Do we have time for another song, or should we just keep going? Um, I can't decide. All right, we'll, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going, rather than, than take a break and then come back and wrap things up. We'll keep going. Um, all right, so we started out with with five things that I love about uh, love about America, five things that I believe are are doable for a GOP con- majority in the House, Senate, and now with control of the White House. The five things that I think that are crucial for Trump and the GOP to attempt to get done in the first year and a half that he is in office, uh, prior to the midterm election coming up. So let's go with this, and then next week we're largely going to move on from the election. We're going to talk about other things. I'll talk with you in just a minute more about that. But before we do that, here's here's my, my end summary. Here's why I believe that Donald Trump actually won the election, why Hillary Clinton lost. Number one reason why I believe Donald Trump won is Hillary Clinton. And you, you may love her, 
But quite frankly, Hillary Clinton was the worst possible person the Democrats could have picked to run as their candidate in this election cycle. She left four Americans to die in Benghazi. She illegally used a private email server and exposed national secrets to our enemies. She accepts campaign contributions contributions from countries with deplorable human rights records. And she is literally the most disliked candidate uh, in America. When you add to that that she defended a child rapist and that she appears to have significant health issues, plus the country's overwhelming rejection of President Obama's administration, then that's just a recipe for disaster for Hillary, turns out, uh, on Tuesday. Second reason why I think Donald Trump won is, is Donald Trump. Uh, again, you, can, you may love him or you may hate him, but he was a movement candidate. He created a polarization in this election unlike anything ever seen before in my lifetime, at the very least. I mean, for some, he symbolized hope and making America great again, the anti-Washington establishment candidate. For others, he was simply the only way to defeat the number one reason why I think he won, Hillary Clinton. But either way, Trump voters were energized and enthusiastic and they showed up. You could even say to some extent that uh, Trump was the the GOP's version of Obama 2008. His followers defended his every action, and they were unmovable in their support of their champion. Um, And that is is why I believe, that is the second reason why I believe he won. Number three is uh, is Pennsylvania's bitter clingers. Look, Pennsylvania... Pennsylvania came through big time. I'm, I'm pumped that my home state kept Hillary from the White House. And the oft-overlooked demographic in Pennsylvania, everybody's like, oh, Pennsylvania's a blue state. No, Pennsylvania's not a blue state. Philadelphia, which is basically New Jersey throwing up onto Penn's woods, Philadelphia is the blue state within Pennsylvania, which is a very, very red state. It's always just a matter of if the red areas can overcome the massive uh, voter turnout machine in Philadelphia. And this year they did. This year they turned out in mass uh, for Donald Trump. And yes, there were a good number of rednecks in that rednecks in that mix. I can say that. I'm from Pennsylvania. I know these people. Okay, And that's okay because they're people too. So Pennsylvania's turnout uh, was high in the T region. The T region is uh, a political term for everything not named Pittsburgh or Philadelphia in the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, it was lower in the in the uh, in those cities. When you couple that with a rejection of Clinton Kane by blue dog Democrats and Catholics on the west side of the state in the Pittsburgh suburbs, and the Philly transit strike, which is happening on the other side of the state, you, you get a you get a Trump victory in Pennsylvania. Fourth reason why I believe Donald Trump won is Florida's Cubans. Florida's Cubans over, uh, chose Donald Trump in overwhelming numbers. And Florida's voter turnout this year was huge. The Hispanic turnout was unparalleled. And while many, many people hailed a large Hispanic vote as really bad news for Donald Trump, it turns out it was those very Hispanics who put him over the top. The Cuban Hispanics. Because Donald Trump promised to overturn Obama's horrible Cuba deal. That was their number one issue. So I guess you could say that now it's Democrats' turn to say thanks, Obama. Fifth reason why I believe Donald Trump won is the Supreme Court. You know, and I, I get that there are many of Trump supporters out there who truly uh, love him. But I think there were just as many, if not more, who voted for him for the sole purpose of keeping Hillary Clinton out of the White House. And the consensus was that the Supreme Court was simply too important to allow Hillary the opportunity to appoint uh, potentially two to four new Supreme Court justices. So that's my summary of why I think uh, Donald Trump was able to pull out a victory on Tuesday, and that's that's pretty much all. We we may get into it a little more, really moving forward, but probably not a lot. 
you know, now we're going to look forward to the inauguration, to uh, executive orders. I would keep your eyes open. There's, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of executive orders in the next uh, six weeks or so. So we'll talk about those things, but we won't talk a whole lot more uh, about the election. We've talked about it, I think, enough this year. I think everyone's ready to move on. So, so what, what am I going to talk about now? What will we do now? What will we talk about? I, I won't be here tomorrow. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. We will be uh, celebrating the service of those who protect and defend us. Our thanks to all of our veterans. Happy birthday, by the way. Today is the 241st birthday of the United States Marine Corps, which, fun fact for you, did you know that the Marine Corps has its roots in the Quakers? Samuel Nicholas who was called the Fightin' Quaker, was commissioned as a captain when the Marines were officially approved to join the American Revolution in 1775. And recruitment for uh, the Marine Corps took place in the Tun Tavern in Philadelphia, led by a Quaker. So, there you go. Marines' first uh, first uh, regiment, battalion, I don't, I don't know what they ended up with there, but uh, was led by a Quaker in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has so many fantastic things. I'd love to tell you all about them, but I'm about to run out of time. So, the question was, what are we going to do now? Well, specifically for my show, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, we're going to we'll keep talking about news and politics and culture and what's happening in the world. It just won't be about the election because the election is over. We're hoping uh, next year I'm working on assembling a more consistent guest lineup. Uh, so we'll have people that will say, okay, he's going to be on on Wednesday this week and every week. And that way you, you'll have a little bit of a better idea of what's coming. As of November 23rd, I mentioned this earlier, the station, KVXL 101.1 FM, is going to be uh, going on a sort of mini sabbatical until the new year uh, because November 23rd is the day that our Christmas music all day, every day is going to begin. It will only be interrupted for our live services on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday night. And if all goes well uh, from for this hour's programming, while I am here behind the microphone, instead of covering the news, you know, everybody's going to be in a holiday spirit. Look, once you start playing Christmas music, you really, you just don't need anything else. You, you just don't, except, you know, presents and Santa and reindeer and cookies and, and, um, and the best Christmas programs at Liberty Baptist Church that you've ever seen before. Because that's what Christmas is all about, that Jesus Christ came. And why did he come was to die. And I, I talked about that earlier. So uh, for Christmas, what we'll be doing for my hour on radio is it will be a call-in time. You'll be able to call into the show, ask for your favorite Christmas song, and then I will, I will play it for you. Because I'm a nice person like that, and I like you, and you like me, and Christmas music, happy time, red, green, um, ho, 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 and all that good stuff. And I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited for Christmas, and uh, I think it's going to be a really great time. We'll have we'll have some fun with that. We'll be doing 12 days of Christmas giveaways in December. That will be fun, too. But the fun is over for today. If you want to re-listen to this show because hearing it once was simply not enough, you can do that. Your dream can come true. Just head over to iTunes or SoundCloud, search The Friddle Show. Boom, you are there. You can listen. You can listen to yesterday's show or, or past shows or or not listen. Whatever you want to do, doesn't matter to me. Um, I mean, it does because it really I it makes me smile when I see that people go and they and they listen. But you, you don't have to. No one's going to force you. It's not, it's not like that because we live in an American society where, at least for now, we are still free. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Join us on Sunday, 930 or 1115 at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And again, since I have been asked every day this week when we're going to start incorporating some Christmas music into the lineup, your wishes have been granted. This is Phillips, Craig, and Dean with God Bless Us. I will not be here tomorrow. We'll see you back on Monday with more Friddle Show. Have a great weekend.